Welcome to the J&J Connection Podcast. I'm Jesse. And I'm Jordan. Today, we'll be joined by Amy to tell you the things that the government doesn't want you to know. We'll also tell you why you shouldn't get your kids vaccinated. Hail Hydra, everybody. Fact of the day. In May of 1997, it was revealed by a national security advisor to then-Russian President Boris Yeltsin that the government could not account for 84 suitcases created in the buildup of the Cold War. These suitcases contained a one-kiloton nuclear warhead and would be operated by a single person in 30 minutes or less. And to give about a size comparison of how big that would be is it would destroy the main island of Pittsburgh where the three rivers meet. This comes this comes from a book Jordan read called N- Nuclear Terrorism by Graham Allison. There you go. The more you learn. The more everyone you learn. needs everyone needs a little bit of light and cheery reading in times like these. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing like some nuclear terrorism. Truth's <laughs> out there. To lighten the mood. Mm. Alright, well today we're going to talk about conspiracy theories. And Ooh, we, uh, spooky. Thank you, audience. We have a live audience. <laughs> <laughs> One of them sitting in with us. Amy. Amy. I'm back. Um, I still exist, so that's good. Um, yep. Hello again. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being here, Amy. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for being quarantined with me. Yeah, it's <laughs> been a treat. It's been a great, grand old time. <laughs> so what we're gonna do today is each of us we picked out some conspiracy theories we want to talk about. And Mine's we'll- not a conspiracy theory, but okay. Uh, well, mine's not either. Mine's 100% real, factual. As is mine, yeah. Um, really, we're just... Conspiracy this, theory here. Ignore... We're just, ignore here to, we're, just, we're just here to share. Yeah, ignore the title of the podcast. These are just pure facts. This is this is yeah, a fact... Exactly. These are facts of the day episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fact of the day episode. Um, yeah, so we're just going to, you know... Pretend like we believe in these conspiracy theories and try to make each other believe in these other ones. Okay? Okay? Okay. Um, I'm not really sure where the pretending is coming in, but okay. Okay. I'm just... Got it. Okay. Just... I mean, I'm not not pretending. I'm not Uh, pretending. uh, Well... (laughs) I completely believe that lizard people are in the Illuminati, so... Buddy, that sounds interesting. Why don't you tell me about that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> don't mind if I do. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I was uh, transforming back into my humanoid form. <laughs> well, you, you got to duck them hitmen, too. What? You d- got to duck the hitmen who uh, don't want you to say these things. Oh, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, if I disappear... <laughs> Shortly after this podcast, you know why. Yeah, Jordan and I took precautions. We're uh, broadcasting from an undisclosed location deep underground. Uh, we're not in our apartment. No one will ever find us. No so. 
I'm I'm sure that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about today. So I'm I'm going to give you guys talk about the lizard people and the Illuminati. Amy. Uh, birds aren't real, guys. They're all dead. They were real at one point, but they've been replaced. Dang. Wow. That's a heartbreaker. <laughs> um, I, I am here to tell you why the most evil of corporations, the mattress warehouse, is a money laundering scheme. <laughs> and also, I have, a, I have an extra conspiracy slash real facts theory that I want to throw out there. And so That he has not written down. I've written it down in my special place. He's, he's not sharing. Just, you guys aren't allowed to know. I, I, it's in the notes. Oh, that part. Right. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> Did you think I was just like, that was my next Facebook post? <laughs> no. I thought it was like a tab underneath of that. I thought it was part of the same you thing. You thought the mattress warehouse. Yeah. I, I was it, like, it's, a... it's arms deals. <laughs> Mattress warehouse and arms deal. I was like, this is connected in some way. All right. They certainly are. Okay. All, all the way to the top. So, I guess I should talk, start talking about the Illuminati. You ought to. And uh, the, the reptile lizard beings that control it. <clears throat> do, they, do they have a preferred name? The lizard people? Yeah. The Anunnaki. Oh. Ah. All right, all right. Yeah, I didn't think I had a name for him, did you? Uh, yeah, they're they're uh, prehistoric alien demigods. All right. They're they're evil. Um. So I'm gonna have to skip around a bunch to figure figure out how I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna start here, then I'm gonna jump back over here. I have a bunch of notes written down. Let's start. Just... I'm picturing Let's... that scene from, uh, I'm pretty sure it was from Always Sunny, although I don't watch the show, where that guy has has all the strings in his rooms connected to <laughs> certain newspaper clippings and things like that. I went deep for this, man. <laughs> I've, I learned so much. It was so much fun. Um, okay, so the first of the Illuminati comes from the Knights of Templar. Which was found, which they found, founded towns in Europe, um, then turned into Freemasons, and that was founded in 1717 in London. But then came the the real Illuminati. This is this is the like the real first original group called that called, went by the Bavarian Illuminati. Okay. Wait. So, so the people who were in the Masons are also Illuminati, or how how is that how's that line drawn? I'm gonna get into that. There, right. There's different groups in within the Illuminati. The Illuminati is like an overall like a big umbrella. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, there was this first group called the Bavarian Illuminati. Uh, it was founded by Adam Weishaupt. I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong. I would say so. Uh, and the group was was founded under religious freedom, um, social ideas thought they were outdated, and they he, they believed society needed to be illuminated into new ideas. 
So they were pretty much. Wait, what? What year did this happen? I'm sorry, I keep on interrupting. Uh, uh what year was that? Seven. Doing like the Enlightenment. I have no idea. I'm not good with history that way. I couldn't tell you. It was around the 1700s. Same, I'm guessing, probably around the same time as the 1717. I didn't find an actual date for that. Okay, so that that falls right but, in in the Enlightenment. Okay, but the secret society was to support freedom of religious pre prejudices, uh, cultivated social virtues, wanted to create them to be a feasible thing, and uh, to create universal happiness, which sounds really nice. That's pretty swell. Yeah, sounds like a good good group of people. And around 1784, they had around 3,000 members, which were made up of groups of intellectuals, politicians, noblemen, doctors, and famous writers. But then, in 1787, three years later, it was thought to be disbanded because people started getting killed and stuff. I don't. I didn't really understand that. I just found. Just. It just said. I, was, I watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Pretty much. It oh, just. No. It just said like, yeah, they were started to hang people, and <laughs> then, they, then they thought it was I mean, over. I mean, the French was all about hanging people back in the day. Mm -hmm. Am I boring you, Amy? <laughs> you having a good time? <laughs> um. It's going to get more uh, nope. intense. It's going to get more intense. Aren't you glad you came? I'm building up the background, okay? Okay, okay, okay. So, the Illuminati today. And they're thought to be mostly men, but some women of considerable power. Bankers, business leaders, politicians, and celebrities. The current fear is the group is not after an enlightenment, like the Bavarian Illuminati. This Illuminati is feared to support a new world order. Excuse me. Which means they are after population control and by doing, like, spreading diseases and stuff like that. And they have a secret space program. <laughs> yeah. And so now, this is where the reptiles come in. Oh, no. And the reptile part of the theory was created by David Icke and David Icke was a famous uh, English soccer player then sports announcer and then he heard a voice in his head in March of 1990 that told him to go find a book which I don't really he didn't talk, say what the name of the book was was it the bible I don't know what it was, honestly. He said he was in a... I was watching a video of him done by uh, Vice, and he said he just went to the back of the magazine store, and I was like, and that was it. But in uh, 1991, he went on a famous British talk show called The Wogan Show, where he said the end of the world was nigh, and that he was the chosen one to guide everyone to freedom. Okay, sounds believable. Um, mm -hmm. Yep. And so he, then he believed that there was a group of, be of beings, people, who were in charge of making all the big decisions in the world. And that's who he believed were the Anunnaki, these reptile beings, these sh shapeshifters, if you will. 
Um, Are they reptiles or shapeshifters? Uh, both. Yeah. Both. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, reptilian shapeshifters is what's written down. Uh, he believes that the moon is hollowed out, and that's their control center. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, you know, you know, we only ever see one side, so <laughs> you're you're not wrong. Um, the Illuminati they use it to manipulate the human mind by warping perception of reality. He calls it the Moon Matrix. Oh, no. <laughs> and we all have these reptilian traits, which I don't know if you guys have noticed, but our obsession with rituals, like celebrating a holiday, hmm. Awfully reptilian. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they. I, di- I did notice the other week my tail fell off. So. <laughs> exactly. Whenever a cat tried you know, to kill sh- me. Shed some scales, you know, from time to time. And uh, my notes are so freaking spread out. It's so hard to make a con- cohesive thought. <laughs> it's the Matrix. <laughs> um, no, but they... So they sacrifice humans and they drink their blood. I'll... Right. That actually, course. that actually, well, I'll be able to talk more about that in another part. Oh, that makes me less happy. <laughs> but these reptilians, they bred with humans to create human hybrids, and that's who you see in politi- like political power right now. That's who Trump is. He believes every president in U.S. history was a reptilian. All the royals, like kings, queens, and some business people. Uh, That's not Andrew Yang. Uh, I don't know about Andrew Yang. He might be. He might. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to know where they come from in space? Where do they come from in space? The Orion, Ceres, and Draco galaxies. Somewhere around, somewhere around there. <laughs> How far away is that? Pretty far. <laughs> um, right. No, but so uh, David Icke has written twenty books on this. He's created a lot of DVDs, some YouTube sh- YouTube shows, and he's done some lectures. Um, in 2017, uh, he was he was interviewed by a magazine, and they asked him if he still believed in it, and he said he does. And he studied it in 50 different countries, and he says he he said that he was told by a CIA agent that um it was all in fact true. <laughs> That's that, encouraging. Yeah. <clears throat> and he also says that the uh, ancient text shows it. And that's all he said about that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not which text? <laughs> Just a- ancient text shows it. All right, fair enough. Um, he, meant, he meant crop circles. Yeah, crop circles. <laughs> and, oh, uh, and they do a lot, the reptilians, they do a lot of interbreeding to keep. Like what, the royals. And it, uh, royals, big bank, politicians, and it's to hold the genetic structure together. And so, when doing some more research, I found in po- in uh, politics that Obama was related to five other presidents. Did you know that? I I don't know if I know that now. Well, now you do. Even after, even after you told me, he was related to Gerald Ford, 
uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, Henry Truman, James Madison, and Winston Churchill. And he has 44 co- other cousins in the Senate. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> what? Co- all cousins? Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 I, I looked it up. That was from The Guardian. You can find it on TheGuardian.com. It was like 15th, 16th, 19th cousin. So pretty deep. I still feel like that's kind of close. I don't know. Hold on. As a point of disclosure, is that actually true? <laughs> yes. That is actually true. This part that I'm telling you right now is actually true. I'm I'm still skeptical, but I, I, I am willing to suspend my disbelief for this moment. And then Franklin Delano Roosevelt was also related to 11 other presidents. Uh, James Madison... Both the Adams, Van 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 Buren, Harrison, Taylor, Grant, Harrison, Taft, and the other Roosevelt. And I if, sort of believe that. And he married his own fifth cousin. Yep. And if you go back far enough, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are related. They are nineteenth cousins. Nineteenth. I mean, does that count? Really? <laughs> I don't know, but like, they are. I, I think we're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. But... <laughs> hey, I'm just telling you the facts. My 19th cousin. I'm just telling you the facts. Okay. I fair. So that, so that part of be, those people being related—that's that's 100% true. Um, so in Vox magazine, oh, in 2015, uh, some Americans were polled. On if they believe in the reptilian thing, four percent of Americans believe this, <laughs> and seven percent are unsure. All right. So, t- yeah. So I bet you're wondering, if I'm walking down the street, how can I spot a lizard person? I'm glad yes. you asked. I'm glad you guys asked. Because <laughs> well, let me tell you, if you see someone with them strange green eyes. <laughs> My brother has green eyes. Uh oh. <laughs> Does he have those lizard like teeth? <laughs> what kind of teeth do lizards have? Lizard like ones. <laughs> Does he have Does he have great hearing or eyesight? No. <laughs> Does he have low blood pressure? I'll have to ask him next time I get the chance. Because cold blooded? <laughs> Because you might be a lizard person. That would sure sure explain my just unmitigated success in life. Yeah. And, um... So, yeah, their basic goal is just they they want to remain in control, according to David Icke. And here are some suggestions of lizard people to keep an eye out for. Uh, For sure. Oh, good guess. She's on the list. Have you seen those videos she's coming out with? No. There's Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, classic, Hillary Clinton, George Bush, Madonna, Angelina Jolie, and the Pope. Moving on. Okay. Gotta say, <laughs> not surprised. So. I always knew I liked uh, Pope Pope Francis a little too much. Okay. So so now. We're going to get into some real stuff. Some real stuff that is un- under the umbrella of the Illuminati, of 
the group in control. We're, we're kind of past the reptilian phase now, and we're just looking at the group, okay? Okay, be careful with your use of the word real. <laughs> the deep stuff. Well, no, the, these, these other select groups that are said to be under the Illuminati are real. Okay. They, um, so the Bilderberg group is, okay. is one of them. Um, and they were founded in 1954. Uh, they organized under, oh, geez, I can't read my own writing. The Chatham House Rule, which, do you know what that is? Chatham, I'm pretty sure, but no, I don't know what that is. Um, you're not allowed to talk about what happens at the meetings, at these yearly meetings. It happens once a year. Do they happen to fight there as well? What's that? Do they fight there as well? Like, I, and, then, and then they're not allowed to talk about it. What do you mean fight? Like like a like a fight club? Fight? What are you talking about? Hey, careful! I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> should should I not talk about that? Where they fight, and they have rules. Never mind. Just go ahead. Are you trying to make a joke? Yes. Was, <laughs> okay. I, I I felt like the joke had reached its climax. We can move on. Okay, because, I mean, he does talk about fighting in here. <laughs> Which really confused so me. So, yeah. it's, so it's Fight Club. <laughs> it's Fight Club. Okay. No. Um, so what they talk about at these yearly meetings are world issues and megatrends. Okay? Mm-hmm. And you can only be... To go to these, these meetings, you have to be invited... And between 120 to 150 political leaders and experts from industry are invited to the event along with editors of news media. But they're not allowed to talk about it in the news. True. They they just have to be there. And so on their website, they actually had the topics that they discussed this year. Or last year, May 28th, 2019. And this comes from their website. Uh, the first one is a stable strategic order. Th- this is in no particular order, by the way. Okay. Um, and I'm going to quote this one because they um, had a grammatical error. What next for Europe? Not what's... That's how you, that's how you know. <laughs> what keeping an eye out. They're legit. Yeah, they, they said what next, and I was like, these are definitely lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> um climate change and sustainability china russia the future of capitalism brexit ethics of artificial intelligence All right. the next one kind of bothered me a little bit weaponization of social media mm-hmm. and important real. yep importance of space and cyber threats and a member of the club, Dennis Healy, in 2000, he was interviewed and he actually talked about it. He talked about Fight Club. That fool. On... Wait, what about the Chatham rule? I know, right? Oh my God. <laughs> wow, they probably kicked him out after that. Pro- I mean, this this was 20 years ago at this point. But mm. So part of the reason the group is to form a strong community. And I'm going to quote him here because they actually had a quote. 
And he says, To say we are striving for a one-world government is exaggerated, but not wholly unfair. So <laughs> that that kind of was like, oh, geez. Those, those of us in the Bilderberg felt we couldn't go on forever fighting one another for nothing and killing people and rendering millions homeless. Holy cow. Okay. I knew nah. I didn't like newspaper editors, but wow. And that's that was a direct quote from him in that club. And that's all they really there really is, but they do have a website which I thought was interesting. <laughs> but they're not allowed to talk. They're not allowed to all talk right. about what they they can they'll all put the topics up but not discuss what they said if they were good or bad. Mm-hmm. But the part where he said it's not wholly unfair to say that they're after a one world government is that's kind of that gave me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> <laughs> and so now oh. I'm gonna now I'm gonna talk about another group gathering type deal. Okay. Okay. So there's another group gathering of people, and it's called the Bo- Bohemian Grove Ceremony. And this happens under the Illuminati umbrella. Those who are in the Illuminati go to this event. Okay? It's good to see that there's collaboration across these groups. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because how how much of a pain would it be to design a world order only to come to a group meeting the next day and be like, Oh, come on, man. So We've got to make the same world order. So if you, you, like, really dive deep into it, there's... Oh gosh, there was one pyramid where so at the top of the Illuminati there's a council the of eye. 13. Oh, and the eye. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> and the, that council of 13 is what really runs it, and I use air quotes for that. And then underneath okay. there's like 20 to 30 other groups underneath of that. Wow. Um so this is this is a gathering. It's not so much a group, but a gathering of members of the group. Okay. Okay. And it's the Bohemian Grove ceremony. Uh, it takes place at the Bohemian Club, which is a two thousand acre campground in Monte Rio, California. Hmm. Um, it's invite only. You can only go to it if you're invited to it by another group. And there's about 2,500 members. And each entry to get into the club is $25,000. And it's a two-week event. And so I did some math. That event gains $62,500,000 for this one event. That's crazy. (laughs) And all the members are male and predominantly white. And the people, people that are in it are artists, musicians, prominent business leaders, government officials, former U.S. presidents, senior media executives, and other people of power. And their club motto is, Weaving Spiders Come Not Here. So what this event is supposed to be, at least what has been talked about, is it's a theater. Okay? It's a theater type event. But ideas like the Manhattan Project were created here. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's he- it's heavily guarded. This part I got from Wikipedia. Um, the security is uh, year-round ex-military guards. The technology they they use are night night vision night and thermal vision cameras, motion detectors, vibration sensing systems, and the Secret Service is also there, uh, guarding highways and stuff around the event whenever it's happening. Um, and their club patron saint is John of Nepomuk, and he he's known for. He this in, instead of telling the secrets of the queen, he died instead. Hmm. Nice. And they have like carvings of him all around and a step like little monuments. Mm-hmm. And they also have a forty-foot owl as their mascot. Oh wait, it gets better because that owl is. So what they do. At this event, at the very beginning, you know, a bunch of dudes dressed up. Oh, they dress up, too, in a bunch of weird clothing. Nice. They all get dressed up. You know, they're hanging out. And then they have their cremation of care, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is a theatrical event. And it happens on the first night. And what they do is they burn a body. (laughs) It's a fake one, though. It's not a real person. So it happens on the first night as an exorcism of the demon to ensure the success of the next two weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 They use mock humans as sacrifice, as I said. But if you Google it, you can find pictures online dating back to 1909, and you can tell that those aren't fake people. But at the end of the event, uh, take a coffin and sacrifice it to a 40-foot owl. Yeah. That strikes me as just the event that our politicians would be. That's, yeah. That's pretty cool, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd pay $25,000 to go to that. I'll tell you what. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, and um, so that's a thing. That's a real thing. The last little group is the Trilateral Commission, which was founded by David Rockefeller in 1973. They now call themselves the Think Tank um, and includes mostly politicians, academics, and uh, business people. They were blamed for orchestrating 9-11. People also think that the Skull and Bones Secret Society of Yale University is also part of the Illuminati. So that little eye on top of the back of your dollar bill on the pyramid... It's called the Eye of Providence, which is the all-seeing eye. And it was first used by the Freemasons and is now used by on American currency. And if you don't know what Freemasons are, they're the world's oldest and largest fraternity. And... It, I'm pretty sure I could be flubbing this, but uh, I'm pretty sure they claim to be the direct descendants of those who built King Solomon's Temple. I did not read that. But the triangle of the eye is supposed to resemble... The three sides resemble the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so it's pretty much the eye of God is watching you, watching over you and stuff. And the eye of the Illuminati. Yeah. 
And yeah, you, okay. You, I have a picture here on our on our notes that you guys can see. That was the first known appearance of the eye, which was in 1525. Hmm. At the Supper of Emos, Emos, Emos by Patromo, Patormo, sorry. Yeah. But then if you go back even farther, you would see the Wajet eye, which is that Egyptian-looking eye type thing. Mm-hmm. And then, finally, to end my rant, <laughs> in 2013, a poll was taken, and 28% of Americans believe that such a group of the Illuminati can exist. What was the percentage? I'm sorry. 28%. So they're not saying... a. They're not saying the Illuminati themselves, but a group like it. Well, okay. hearing you talk about that event, it's like, uh... Yeah, and it... <laughs> okay, so... Wow. What do you guys think? Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're also pedophiles and Satanists. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's um, par for the course. Also, they were responsible for the JFK assassination... Princess whoa, Diana's whoa, whoa, death. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold what? up. I what? take offense to that. I'm just saying what, what I found. Look, you know what? That's not what I found. Uh. Oh, boy. Um. <laughs> oh, and if and if you want to get an eye for what that, that uh, um, what is it called? What did I call it? Something of the Grove, the Bohemian Grove, whatever. Sure. Yeah, Bohemian Grove... Uh, watch the movie Eyes Wide Shut. Okay. Because the, uh, the director was apparently an insider and he died shortly after that film. And the rituals rituals in that film were supposed to be like what happens at those ceremonies. So, yeah. And Oof. that's that's all I got. Thoughts? Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I might, I might, critique is a strong word, but I might save my comments for the end. Fair enough. Ooh. Do you believe? Uh. <laughs> Are you a believer? Not so much. <laughs> so what, what, I'm, I'm really confused about this meeting, and we, we probably need to move on, but th- this meeting actually happens, and then who actually goes to it? Because something tells me you're not going to find the president going to this meeting. What, the ceremonies? The, gro- the Grove one. Um, it did say old presidents or um, ex-presidents go there, have gone there. Um, that's all it said. Is there, it is didn't... there any proof of this? It's like one of them. I, it's like a secret society. Back. It's a secret <laughs> society. I can't. I can't. It can't be proven and it can't be disproven. And that's the fun <laughs> of conspiracies. <laughs> Ooh, alrighty. Nice. Next I'll, up. <laughs> I guess I'll go. Mine's. What about mine's Amy? Gonna, I, I thought, thought yours was going to lead into the next thing that we were doing. Yeah. Yeah, but I have two. So I'm just going to hit you with a light one. Okay. Just, okay. If, so if, we'll you're go, dabble, okay. if you're dabbling in conspiracies. You know, it's fine. It's fine. So we'll go, go we'll go you, then Amy, then back to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're you're dabbling in conspiracy, Mm -hmm. and you need, and you have a, uh, have an eye for the anecdotal, (laughs) I have something for you, buddy. Buddy. 
You leave the house. Not lately, but you leave the house sometimes. What do you mean? I was just at the mall yesterday. <laughs> no, still in quarantine. So, <laughs> um, how many, in, in the last, I don't know, say your entire life, how many mattresses have you bought? I've only actually bought one mattress. Amy? Uh, I've bought one, but we didn't get it from Mattress Warehouse. Well, yeah. So, isn't it kind of weird how you go around and you're driving, and it seems like every other plaza you go to has a mattress warehouse in it? <gasps> yeah. Are you scared yet? Uh, I'm shaking you my boots. You shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> but... You've never bought a mattress. You only bought one. Yeah. What do they do in there all day? It's a fair question. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is. Hmm. How many people have you talked to in your entire life said that I went out and bought a mattress today? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Zero. Not a, not, 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 a, not a person I know owns a mattress. <laughs> but. They don't get a lot of traffic. Nobody's going out to buy mattresses anymore. Or, especially anymore, but even, like, just generally. It's not like you, every year you need a new mattress. So, it's not like every five years you need a new mattress. So, why in the world is there a mattress warehouse on every frickin' corner? Well, I'm here to tell you that it's all money laundering scheme. No! That's right. They don't even sell anything. They got, they got like three mattresses in stock. You come in, you can buy one, but that's all you get. And it's just a front. They launder money and they make drugs in the back. And that's pretty much all I got. It's you know, nobody, nobody buys mattresses, but there's 80 billion mattress warehouse stores. So keep on your toes, everybody. Yeah. Coincidence? <laughs> You know what we I should. Think do, not. You know what we should do once we get all this all this podcast money starts flowing in. Flowing. Let's let's go to a mattress warehouse and buy five. And bust them, yeah. <laughs> and they'll, buy they'll, their whole stock. They'll, they'll start like sweating. Idiots. They'll be like, yeah. "What do you need five for?" <laughs> five. I'm gonna have to call into corporate, and then a big escal- big black Escalade pulls up in front, and we get freaking mowed down. End of story. Another one. Got Another one down to the hands of uh, Mattress Warehouse. Anyway, just something to think on. <laughs> wow. Wow. All Incredible. Right. Amy. Okay. All right, guys. So, as I was telling you earlier, birds aren't real. Uh, they were at one point, but they have since been wiped out. Mass extinction by none other than our own government. <gasps> the Birds Aren't Real movement started in 1976 after some unsettling truths about the U.S. government came to light. Uh, one ma- brave man who, till this day, remains nameless for his own safety um, was the only one willing to share the truth. Birds have all been replaced. They are, in fact, highly sophisticated robo- ro- robots, words, robots, manufactured robots. by the U.S. government for one reason and one reason alone, to create a surveillance state, and at that time, to keep communism <sighs> from spreading in our country. 
It began in 1953. Alan Dulles, director of the CIA, knew he had to increase surveillance in the U.S. to keep the country safe. Rather than rely on CCTV cameras, which were unreliable, I mean, you know, maybe a perpetrator gets caught on one, but not the other. Why not create cameras that could move, that could have freedom, that could fly, follow the perpetrator as they ran throughout the streets, gasping for breath, trying to escape from law enforcement? It would be perfect. Um, this, combined with his supreme hatred of birds, led to where we are today. A birdless surveillance state where all the birds that we see every day, where we think, oh, just a cute little bird or whatever, are actually machines mm. watching our every move. Allen met with President Eisenhower and told him his idea, and Eisenhower approved it. The plot to destroy over 12 billion birds was set into action from 1959 to 1971. The method they devised for destroying the birds was brilliant. They brought a bunch of Boeing engineers, and they brought them to Area 51 in Nevada, obviously, and they had them remake the S-52, I believe, bomber, rather than... They took out the bomb compartment. They put in this new water compartment, but they filled it with poison. They camouflaged it. They painted it black. Uh, they removed all lights or anything from the aircraft, so it would be virtually indistinguishable from the ground. And then they had it. They had it so it could. They put noise buffers on it so that it could fly at about a height of 3,500 feet while being totally undetectable. And it would spray poison into the air. That would, first of all, the poison would, um, what's the word I'm looking for, evaporate before it hit the ground. So it was only hatching birds, and the birds it hit would immediately have their bone structure start deteriorating and be dead within the next 24 hours. It's also why you don't see tall people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some tall people, you know, you get stuck in the, uh, the middle of it for sure. It happened that during this pro long process of slowly destroying the birds, um, in 1963, John F. Kennedy uh, discovered what Allen was up to. Initially, he thought, perhaps it's a good idea. We need those surveillance drones, but at the cost of the birds? So he ordered a stop to be brought to the program. Uh, less than a month later, he was dead. Now, we won't say that oh. it's directly related, Wow! <laughs> but it's probably related. <laughs> that the Illuminati thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the systematic replacement of birds with, you know, robots. Those people were also responsible for the death of John F. Kennedy. You heard it here first. Not the Illuminati. Or maybe in part. Maybe what if it's part, all tied together? It's overlapping. It probably right. is. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're I mean, just missing one little yarn between Jesse's paper clippings and your paper clippings. <laughs> That's it. I'm coming down to DC. Yeah. <laughs> Get some yarn. Um, anyway, so just, yeah. And then basically after that, you know, they like realized, oh my gosh, we've killed off most of the birds. People are going to notice that most of them are gone. We've barely replaced anyone. So then, you know, there were some issues with like, Production, um, a couple thousand people were kidnapped, forced to make bird robots, um, but none of them remember it. They think they were on an acid trip, so, you know. Aliens. There you go. 
Not something the government hasn't done before. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, you know, it began in 1953. It only came out in 1976. And at this point, 95% of birds are extinct. The 5% that remain fly in from other countries. You know, you can't control it. Birds fly in from Mexico. Birds fly in from Canada. You know, there's no controlling it. And we want, the U.S. government wants a perfect bird-free zone honor Alan Dulles and his hatred of birds. Therefore, you know, obviously, you know, we have Donald Trump as our president, and one of his big promises was to build a wall, and it was all, wow, he's going to keep down immigration and all this stuff. This is so great. Or illegal immigration, I'm sorry. Anyway, um, what they didn't know is that the wall is going to be outfitted and has already been outfitted with radars that can shoot microwaves at the birds and then kill them instantly once they come in. So that's the real purpose of the wall, ladies and gents. So, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> birds aren't real. See, when I, when I saw this in the notes, I didn't think it was... Because I, I had never heard this. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just like a fun little a fun little thing, <laughs> but I guess it's it's no it was a real you know project. <laughs> I cut out so much history. I summarized big time. There's a there was like eight full single spaced pages written on this. It's great though. Jeez. Check out their merch. It's pretty awesome. Merch. <laughs> <laughs> My younger sister has one of their shirts. Uh, my brother got it for her for the, her birthday. She actually has birds. So a birds aren't real shirt. She was pretty excited about it. <laughs> so this one's like pretty explicitly like a meme though. Cause so like the Illuminati is sort of kind of, there are people like Alex Jones who believe in the Illuminati. Yeah. The birds aren't real. Isn't it? It's pretty much a joke, but it's a good joke. And I love it. Yeah. He tied it with lots of like actual historical events, which mm. is really makes it so much better. Is it credence? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, buddy. Boy, buddy. Last one. Do I have a doozy for you? I hope so. <laughs> well, I, I've tasked myself with getting us into the next topic as well, so we'll see how that goes. Um, so, when I, when I, if I, because I can't remember, said that this goes all the way to the top, let me tell you, it does. <gasps> We don't say it. We oh, the, so I can't say this, and it's not. There's no like two word answer to this that'll make everybody understand what page I'm on. So I'm just gonna start. Okay. The United States government, at the direction of the president, is selling arms to terrorist organizations. No. Boom. How so, could he? <laughs> they are under embargo. They are, Congress has specifically said that we cannot give arms to this group. Specifically, it's uh, Hezbollah. Hezbollah is the terrorist group that we are funding. And you might know them. Uh, <clears throat> Iran funds them as well. And they're very dangerous. And, uh, but obviously Congress doesn't want us giving money to terrorists. Like, who, who would want that? But um, they had captured some uh, uh, hostages, and so they needed to make an exchange. 
And uh, even though we, as a country, have taken to not uh, making deals with terrorists, that's what they plan to do. And the way they're going to do that is with arms sales. So they're going to take guns and missiles and rockets and sell them to a terrorist group that we are at war with now. And the way they're going to do this I've got to get my notes straight. Wait, can I have a question? Yes. So you're saying this like it's it's a it's true, it, not as in it's not a conspiracy. <laughs> Buddy, I'm just trying to build my case. Okay. Okay. I'm just trying to build my case. So. So. I'm trying to remember how they explain this. Okay. So. They were going to sell arms to this terrorist group, and they were also going to get money from the arms as well. Not only are we giving arms to terrorists, we are also funding rebels in other countries who are trying to overthrow sovereign governments, which also is prohibited by con Congress. So, in, in the grand scheme of things, selling arms to Iran for hostages, taking that money, giving it to rebels in countries. So, and uh, all of the documents that were being taken, again, this goes to the president, were being destroyed to hide this. And uh, it, there was, people have said that they have actively uh, impeded the investigation. So, and this goes all the way to the top. And I just want to throw it out there. Wait. So, it, was that it? That was it. That's the theory. It's real? Could you believe? Wait, no, you're not. Is this a th is is it a conspiracy theory or is this a real Could thing? Could you believe that the government would do something like this? Yeah. I can. I mean, I'd say it's pretty outlandish. Overall, eleven people were convicted. All were pardoned by Reagan. Oh, can can I can I say this real quick? Did you catch what I said? Wait, no. Say it again. Eleven people eventually were con convicted of this crime, um, but all were pardoned by Reagan uh, at the end of his administration. Um, this deal was uh, called the Iran-Contra deal. Um, the Contra are Nicaraguan rebels who are opposing the socialist government in Nicaragua, obviously. And uh, we did, in fact, sell arms to Iran, who was on, under embargo at the exchange of seven hostages. Uh, from the Hezbollah <clears throat> terrorist organization. So this is real? This is real. That's not a this conspiracy? Happened, this happened, well, so... But it sounds like it, and I, I, right? Yes. Is that what your point... The point is, it sounds outlandish, and if you said, if you said something like that was happening today, I'd probably be pretty doubtful. And I hadn't actually looked into this very much before we started the podcast, but I, I needed a thing to get us into the next topic which is why we're prone to believe some conspiracy theories versus things like Illuminati and robot birds so now that we went over our conspiracy theories which people are 
have come up with and have spread around and all of them to some extent have gained some traction and now I want to move into why people are inclined to believe conspiracy theories and uh, so my sort of my thesis for this section is uh, as follows there's a deep-seated distrust of science and I would argue expertise generally it's widespread through society and uh, it's best represented by anti-vax movement uh, but shows up in how we talk about coronavirus evolution government uh, especially with you know the Illuminati <laughs> uh, they all touch on areas that are peop that are unfamiliar to people and uh, and because that area is unfamiliar uh, people can do a lot with disinformation and uh, play on emotion and uh, leave people very confused and misinformed so I'd just like to talk about that a little bit okay so how does that strike everyone on its face am I wrong am I completely wasting my time in this section am I crazy Am I studying science for nothing? Yeah. Yeah. You should you should be studying magic. Damn. <laughs> That's oh. how you make the big buck. Babe, just come a magician. <laughs> Learn the dark arts. <laughs> Finally. Now now we're hitting the real real answers. Um yeah. anyway, no, I think I think you're like this is this is very true. Uh for like conspiracy theories it because a conspiracy becomes something because people don't know the whole story and we like to we like stories so we figure out how what's the best way to make this story flow and it's just you come up with your own answers mm -hmm. yeah people latch on a narrative but also like you know all of us we have the tendency to distrust what we don't know and you know so unless you've studied science and stuff like that if it's anything that's unfamiliar to people they just we're inclined to reject it and so i don't know it kind of makes sense like i guess a conspiracy theory can sort of like appeal to people because it creates a narrative that you know people can sort of latch on to but it's generally much harder to communicate science in a way like you know that it's a narrative and something that people can easily understand there's there's a lot of barriers mm -hmm. um so understanding in that regard i would say but i feel i feel like um when it comes to things like talking about the illuminati and like reptile people that's that, that just becomes something fun to talk about and think about when yeah. as not vaccinating your kids is completely different right please vaccinate your children <laughs> for the love of god police <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to die from the measles. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I, it's frustrating to me because I I personally don't communicate things well, which is great because we have a podcast. And, yeah. Uh, scientists generally <laughs> don't communicate things well. And uh, because it's, it's hard to get, at least whenever I'm trying to explain uh, a scientific con concept to somebody, there's a lot of background information that people have to trust you on. Mm -hmm. And I think, and th this is sort of what I was trying to get at with my example of my conspiracy theory, the actual Iran-Contra, con or not conspiracy, Iran-Contra affair. I forget what its actual name is. But um, people have 
people who are powerful and people who should have our trust have gone and uh, used that against us and uh, misled us to do things that are only beneficial to them or uh, don't follow rules that they impose on other people. And so that there's a lot of mistrust there, but we need to be able to rely on their expertise. Um, and it just becomes difficult whenever you uh, try to uh, try to deceive them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's the problem, like with with the government that we've we've been lied to before and we can see other governments lying to people like um, uh, China uh, with censorship with censorship. North Korea is a major one, which is brainwashing their people. Um, Even so Russia to an extent. Yeah. So who's to say that we aren't being censored in some way? What? Yeah. Like, why isn't the truth being bent for us? And it, you can make sense of that in your mind, but you you don't want it to be true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, I mean, even like politicians, you know, like a politician can literally be caught on camera doing something absolutely terrible. And most most of them will be like, it never happened. It never happened. Or this was the real con. And it's just like, come on. You know, like it's. Yeah. Unfortunately, politics, the way we've sort of set it up, there is no room for mistakes. If somebody has made a mistake, you know, well, I don't know. I guess with Trump, that's sort of been disproved because he's sure made a lot of mistakes and nobody seems to care. But, you know, still, <laughs> it's just, you kind of have to lie if you're a politician. It's just, it's how you survive. That's how you get reelected. And, yeah, no, it's it's kind of a disaster. <laughs> yeah. There's no easy way out of this one, guys. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's the world we've made. Yeah. Yeah, for me, uh, I listen to a bunch of politics stuff and there's a uh, the people I listen to harp on the loss of trust of institutions as a major reason uh, that people don't trust people in power and uh, it, because those institutions are weak people oh, no I'm not going to go into that at all that's <laughs> that's a different that, podcast yeah, that's a different one <laughs> for a later date yeah all right. Yeah. What did you just say? Sorry. I said uh, uh, sucks that the way our society is, people who are in politics essentially okay. have, have to, to lie. lie. That's in the job description, almost. Yeah. <laughs> like, politician, <laughs> lie. <laughs> like It's like being a lawyer. Right. <laughs> well, okay. Okay, I think I know where to go. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and so politicians have to lie. And, like, a part of that, too, is... What was confusing me whenever I started to pay attention to politics was how much politicians on both sides of the aisle actually like spent time with each other and enjoyed each other's company. Because the story they sell us is like that they're out for blood. Mm. And if you listen to their campaign videos, they're like, the country will literally be ruined if the person opposite me wins or gets their way. And when there's so much of that, it explains at least why we have so much, uh, so much double narrative in, in politics. Uh, but I, I think that would be um, downwind of our trust in other people, though. I think that's a symptom, not the cause of um, our distrust. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think I think it all sort of just stems from this kind of like, I think 
I don't know. I mean, I wonder if you would call it a survival instinct. Anything you don't know, you know, if you don't understand something, you don't trust it. And I honestly, I feel like that could be, that could come just from the basic survival instinct of like, you know, like, I don't know. That could be bred into us, essentially. It's in our DNA not to, to be cautious of things that we don't understand, to be cautious of things that could potentially hurt us. We don't know. Right. Um, you know? Yeah. Um, plus, yeah. like, when you're a kid, maybe you start out being naive, but then, you know, somebody's mean to you, and then you're like, okay, I'm never going to trust anybody <laughs> ever again. <laughs> and that's how it starts. Uh, I don't know. I'm pretty I'm pretty down with trusting people and expertise. Is, is there anything that really irks you about things you see about the people trying to inform us that you, like, just absolutely can't stand or just makes you trust them less? So well, obviously you guys don't believe in like we didn't land on the moon, but like, but we in did other land ways it's hard. It's hard to. Well, you were talking. Okay, you were t- you were talking. Sorry, I missed. Yeah, I was like, but we did. Wait a second. Yeah. Uh, but um, but um, you were talk- talking to me about whenever you were going to school that um, your and your teacher, your science, some life science teacher or something said. Uh, something like the world was going to end in 12 years because of climate change. Oh, yes. Yeah. What about yeah. that? Well, so that must have that must have been like... Uh, oh, after she said... Like, I, okay, so... So this is like the d- distrust of science, like a professional in the in the business. Um. So after she said... This was like the th- second week of class. Mm-hmm. And after she said that, I pretty much tuned any credibility of her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was like, the world is not going to end in 12 years. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm no expert on that stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's too far-fetched for me to even start to believe. That mm-hmm. the world is just going to collapse on itself. The, the air will get too thin and we won't have any oxygen. Like, you can't make statements like that and then expect people to take you seriously. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think, yeah, when people are trying to... And obviously that was a part of the um, climate change agenda. Like, yes, climate change is an important thing, but whenever someone says, you know, like, like they have some sort of... Uh, they're prophesizing the end of the world because of our carbon emissions. And it just, it's, it plays it. They, play, they, they try Oh, go for it. I was going to say, it, it's a reason why we, oh crap. I just completely blanked. Oh my God. <laughs> Ooh, I, I hate to see it. I had it and then it was gone. <laughs> oh no. Oh jeez. But she, so she has ex- experience. She has expertise. She, she was teaching at a college. She must have had a ton of um, experience, and yet she is, she can't convey to you the validity of her point. And what makes it doubly uh, suspicious is that that's also just a common left-wing talking point to say that the world is just going to end. 
and we're just on the verge and it's going to happen unless we pass this tax or unless we do this right now and it's that's sort of people people are trying to use their expertise and honestly the people who are pushing that agenda want to do good things and that's fine but that's not it it's not worth lying to people over just so you can implement your agenda yeah yeah i mean even it might be to them that they're they're not lying you know because it's right you, you even said and i'm reading from the, the our loose script here it disinformation can play on emotion mm-hmm. she probably felt so strongly that we need to do something immediately that over time she started to believe that yes the i can see the world ending mm-hmm. in 12 years mm-hmm. so it's not yeah. that she thought she knew she was lying or spreading disinformation it's just she felt it rather than no knew it wait jesse how many years ago is this this was not even this was maybe this, two years ago not e- no no this was just t- t- two semesters well last semester um my last semester of college gotcha yeah so, so like six months. Like so six world's months gonna ago. end. Yeah, yeah. Years. That's uh, pretty unfortunate. Yep, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Geez. Um, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like for somebody like that, like maybe she was kind of thinking about because they have said that like okay, the world's not gonna end, but climate will be the climate will be like sort of Different. irreparable. Yeah, right. Past a certain point, and that might be what she was saying. But I don't. You just have to be so careful with how you frame things and. I don't know. Like, I think one of the ways that, for me personally, like, I'm able to trust expertise mm-hmm. is that I don't have one source. I have, like, five or six different sources or more. Like, I look at one website, and I look at another website, and I look... Because, you know, like, even with when the smarter... yeah. As smart as some people can be, they're still going to be people. And the thing is, is, like, you know, we all have those tendencies where, like, we do... You know, when you think about, like, memory, memory is not verbatim what happened. Memory is changes. Our memory is altered based on how we emotionally perceive what happened. And it can change over time. And so, I mean, you know, you have to get multiple different sources, I think. And then you can sort of piece together at least a truth, maybe. But, like, I don't know. I think there are very few things that we can grab that are absolutely concrete facts in the world. There are a lot of things where we have to be, like this is close to the truth so yeah. i'll take it you right. know mm-hmm. but the, so i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to speak to the anti-vax movement as if i'm going to say like a pretend for a second that i'm an anti-vaxer i'm not mm-hmm. but i'm just going to play that role right. and it's so i'm i'm and go ahead and just keep asking me why all right okay so i'm going to tell you i'm not going to get my kid vaccinated why wow. I don't know what's in that needle. Why? I don't know who made that. Why? Well, you can like change <laughs> why. <laughs> you don't have to. Right. Yeah. So. So it just it just so keeps you, going down you, the line. Right. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's I, like that's like. How do I know I can sorry. trust that person? Yada yada. Well, that they're credible. How do I know that they have like good morals? And they actually did well, what they're supposed to do. You, they, yeah. They're the the kind of people that can't trust something unless they know it and can see it happening. 
right in front of their eyes. It's it's the skeptic mind. Right. Well, yeah, so, something sort of triggered in my mind with the skeptic mind is when a lot of when we have a tendency to look at what people or who has their hands in what processes and if something bad results from those processes it's can't it can't be because you know we're people or a politician says something that turns out to be untrue it's not because we're people it's not because we forget things it's because they have malice for me and you know whenever something goes bad you're always looking for who who is gaining from this who who at my expense is profiting and you know like sometimes bad things happen and it's because people make mistakes or maybe there's no reason at all and the vaccine movement is should we be looking at our vaccine very closely yes we already do that and you know some people do die from vaccines like it's it's a very slim chance we're willing to take that risk but then we see the rise of autism and then we start asking questions and some people just are not willing to believe um, what experts have to say on the matter well it's like people are it's kind of crazy actually because people would rather their child like potentially die due to measles than be autistic potentially like I don't know like that for me is like so it's like I don't know it's like they just have this it's just an, an irrational fear there and it's it honestly it kind of reminds me of like the logic behind why people believe conspiracy theories because it's kind of like well like when you were saying earlier jesse like well you can't you know i mean but what if it's like this but what if it's like that like it's mm -hmm. the same kind of and the thing is it's it's bizarre because it's like sort of like this where you're just focusing on questioning and doubting things rather than trying to seek your own answers or when you try to seek it, like, rather than read, I don't know, it's, because unfortunately a lot of people who are like, oh, I have doubts about, about vaccines, it seems like a lot of them, rather than, like, read the hundreds of thousands, probably, I don't know how many studies there are actually, but, like, read all of the studies that are, like, you know, have tested this time and time again, they look for studies that specifically prove their points. I have this freaking science teacher that I actually had to unfriend. She was my science teacher in middle school. A science f***ing <laughs> teacher. Oh, anyway, oh, sorry. Oh. Uh, again, so, anyway, my bad. That'll have to go um, out. <laughs> I know, sorry. Um, anyway, but she was giant into anti-vax whatever and would share all of these scientific studies. And one of them was like the scientific study. It was like 30 scientific studies all together none of them had anything to do with actual like people being tested with vaccine there was a one study on mice mm -hmm. and it was only it was like related to like mercury but it was like way more mercury than would actually be in a vaccine it was like she religiously defended this idea and it was just like i don't know because we're not seeing these threats of measles or whatever we assume that they're non-existent and so we're just like well we just won't get our kids vaccinated and then we they'll be safe from this so people just like because they can't see the threat they assume it doesn't exist and they they're so scared of you know damaging their child which is understandable but like you know it's you're putting your child at greater risk right that's why two-year-olds are dying of measles get like, your kids vaccinated Exactly, yeah. Thank you for listening to the J&J &J Connection podcast. 
hey man, you should subscribe. Like, they're pretty great. And you can listen to them anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram at J&J Connection Podcast, Twitter at J&J Connection PO1, and Facebook at J&J Connection Podcast. And make sure to turn down the AC for your cold-blooded friends. Infinite love is the only truth. Everything else is illusion. Thank you.